my friend, I am so glad that you're here. I feel like I say this about every episode, but today's episode is going to be so dang good. It's full of amazing nuggets of wisdom, as well as a ton of practical tips. I'm joined by my friend Alexis Campbell of Lex Creative Studios, and she's sharing all about the importance of knowing exactly who you want to serve and attracting them through great branding in order to not take on a bunch of small projects and end up burning out. Alexis is the lead designer of Lex Creative Studios, and she spent over a decade working in the worlds of beauty and media communications as a professional makeup artist and blogger, where she honed her skills of graphic design and photography. She retired from the beauty industry in 2018 and focused all of her efforts into creating a business that took everything she knew about marketing, brand development, web design, and most importantly, empowering ambitious women through the power of a makeover. Only now, she's making over brands. Not only is Alexis incredibly experienced and wow, does she know her stuff, but she's just about one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. She's so authentic and as you'll hear in this episode, I took one look at her Instagram and was immediately pulled in. Despite the fact that I'm not her ideal audience at all and she makes that really clear, which again, you'll hear about real soon. I'm so excited for you to get to know Alexis and hear all of the wisdom that she has for you. You're listening to episode 32 of the Chasing Simple podcast. Let's dive in. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey there, I'm popping in really quick to ask for your help. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving a rating and review for the Chasing Simple podcast? See, ratings and reviews are really important in the life of a podcast because it tells your podcast player that people are listening to and enjoying this show, which means that this show will get put in front of a wider audience. Not only that, but I love to read the encouraging words from listeners, especially on those hard days of entrepreneurship. If you felt encouraged by this show, I would love to hear about it. So please go leave a rating and review if you haven't already. It would really mean the world to me. Hey there, Alexis. I am so excited that you're here today and I'm so excited for this interview. I've been looking forward to it for a really long time. So why don't you just start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? 
Sure. Hey, my name is Alexis Campbell. I am a wife, a crime junkie, um, a coffee addict, an art nerd, several things. But my day-to-day is being a brand and web designer for my company, Lex Creative Studios. Um, I help wellness, uh, beauty, and lifestyle brands get better positioned to increase their income and have a more authentic industry authority through strategic brand design and uh, really authentic web design. Okay. And I don't actually remember how I connected with you. Was it through Alex Beaton's challenge? No. That's a good question. Oh, you know what? I think it was uh, Ashlyn Wright's um, Prime to Launch, I think. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. That does – yes. I – I enrolled in like three different courses all at the same time. And so sometimes I'm like, <laughs> it was yeah. around time period, but I don't remember which. Yes, mm-hmm. that does make sense though. So what I remember though, when I first started stalking you on Instagram, like we all do, is that <laughs> you were so incredibly niched down. Like to me, that was such a, oh my gosh, this girl knows what she's doing. And it really just elevated you in my mind as a brand designer and a website designer. And yeah, I was just looking at your stories and I saw that you were specifically, I don't know if it was on your stories or in your highlights, but you were saying web designer for wellness experts. And I was like, oh, this girl (laughs) knows what she's doing. Like this is serious. Thank you. But I now know that you actually struggled with niching down at the very beginning of your business. So I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about that and what it looked like for you at the beginning. Sure. Yeah. And thank you so much. Um, I stalked you as well. I was like, she's so cool because I love productivity. (laughs) I love all of that stuff like batch work and like organization. So I was like, yeah, she's my people. But um, yeah, it was a a serious struggle for me. Um, Fun fact. I had a whole other first career. I used to be a makeup artist and I was a professional makeup artist for about 10 years. I lived in New York. I had an agent and I was doing all this high fashion and beauty work. But um, really what's funny is that I would get booked on the campaigns and the branding and marketing projects for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle. So I, I knew how to brand these things just kind of in the back of my mind, just from being around it for about 12 years. So when I moved back home to Mississippi about three years ago, I got married. You know, I wanted that whole work-life balance. I didn't want to be hopping on planes every week as a makeup artist and just kind of settle down. I'm in my 30s and I just wanted to get better aligned for balance in life, right? So I did that and I was like, well, what can I do? And I knew that I had been designing on the side for my friends, all these people I would meet from the beauty and fashion industry. And it was just like a fun thing. So Turns out I was actually kind of good. I'm just self-taught and I'm just one of those people, if I'm really into something, if if like two people tell me I'm good at it, I'm going to go and like run with it and see what I can make of it. So in doing that, you know, I just wanted to be working. I just wanted to make money and get clients. And my husband is an entrepreneur as well. He's a personal trainer. So the wellness industry is really close to home for me just naturally from that aspect and from me being really into working out. It helps with my mental health, uh, my spiritual health, all that stuff, right? So the wellness industry has always been really, really kind of dear to me. 
And so I should have known that that would have been my niche. I should have known wellness and beauty just from my background. But, you know, like you said, we start out, we try to just make money, try to get our names out there, get our work out there. And so, you know, what people do when they find out you have a business, they spread your name around and say, oh, yeah, she can do your logo. She can do your website. And I just got on the internet just taking anybody. <laughs> you know, I would get all these referrals um, from local clients who were like insurance companies and financial consultancies, just friends wanting to help as well, who just had like growing businesses. And it would be something so random. I took on like an opportunity zone client, like something totally out of my realm. But um, I took them on. And I remember I took on about two projects at one time and they were both so misaligned and the clients were, you know, emailing me back and forth with just normal communication. Right. But I was so out of pocket with the industry because it just wasn't my zone of genius that I was getting frustrated. I was getting burnt out. And then they would refer me to things like, uh, for, for things like a logo concept, which I don't even do a singular logo concept because I don't believe uh, how I package my service that is strong enough to carry your whole brand. So it was really about me taking the time to sit and carve out what I knew could make a brand strong and really stick with that and be firm with that. So I had a moment and it was like my, I guess, turning point when this Opportunity Zone client turned into a six month job. And it just like, it totally bogged me down in my business. I was so burnt out. They, ex they didn't know what to expect from me. And I didn't really know how to help them be unique and special in their industry because that isn't my niche. That isn't what I'm good at. Um, I'm really good in wellness. I'm really good in beauty. Uh, and so I had a moment where they were just like, spewing out all these things. And I was just like, I have to end this project. I cannot keep taking on these one-off logo uh, book cover, just random things I was taking. Um, and I didn't show up anywhere. I like took a break from everything. I wasn't emailing anybody back. I got off Instagram for like a month and just like had to really figure out what I'm going to do. I have a history of anxiety attacks and they started to set in. And I was like, this cannot be the way. And so um, I took, like I said, about a month off. I went back to what I knew through journaling and really figuring out, okay, I don't hate design. I don't hate branding and website work. But when you're not working within your, your correct niche and not aligned with your ideal people, it'll make you hate what you do. So I had to step away and really journal out, okay, well, what am I good at? Who do I know how to uh, structure a really strong brand for? And I thought about all my days working with branding clients for beauty industry, skincare line projects, these marketing campaigns I would do for uh, these like fitness apparel companies, these CBD companies, you know, wellness and beauty. I'm like, that's what you know. <laughs> so I actually uh, made up in my mind that this is what I was going to do. I hired a business coach, uh, got the help when you need it. That's so important to know how to do, even if it's a sacrifice, because it was. <laughs> I was a newer business. But in aligning with her and deciding to niche down and just be brave enough to do it, I got the clarity I needed to flesh out a signature service that is really helping the people that I know how to help. And it's so important to be real with yourself and real with your gifts one thing that drives me in staying true to my niche is that the people who need me can't find me if I'm not where they can see me. 
And so it's such a um, it's a convicting thought to have for me because, you know, whatever your faith is, I'm a Christian, you know, whatever you identify with, we're all here for some reason. And knowing that you're not in the right place, you're not positioned, you're not aligned to be where you can be of service and help people is super convicting for me. So I know those are the people I'm supposed to serve. And so I just use that as my background thought to speak to only them, to be where they can see me and to create something that can really help them. Okay. I love that so much. And it's so true. When we first start, like, started this interview, I said I was so attracted to your brand because you said specifically what you were. And even though I wasn't your ideal audience, it was still such a, oh, this girl knows what she's doing and mm-hmm. she's telling everybody. And if you're not saying that, because when you first find someone on Instagram, you know nothing about them. You don't have a clue who they are, what they do what they're like. And if if you just said, I'm a web designer, I would have been like, okay, cool. There's 102 million web designers out there. And I probably still followed you. But the fact that you say, this is who I am and this is who I serve, and you're so specific about it, it's just an instant, oh, okay. You're repelling and attracting right yes. off the bat with your Instagram. And It's so important. Like you said, they don't know that you can help them if you don't specifically spell it out for them because they're not in your mind. I think so so often we're running a business and we're doing all these things and we forget that all of the things we're thinking and trying to do, only a fraction of that is actually shown through social media and through our podcast or blog or website and whatever we're doing our audience only sees such a small fraction of that. So for you to be so intentional about just spelling it out for them and the reason behind it, I love that. I wanted to go back for a quick second just to to chat about the feelings you were having, the frustration, the overwhelm, the burnout, because I think so often we get into this position where we let it get too far. We start feeling the overwhelm. I know that when I wasn't narrowing down and niching down enough and I wasn't aligned with what I should have been doing that I just felt this total disconnect sometimes between what I was doing and where I was trying to go and it didn't things didn't make sense and I didn't it didn't all add up and I couldn't figure out how to make it add up and it turned out it was because of not narrowing down and not niching down enough but do you have any suggestions for the listeners about how to see the warning signs of that burnout before you get to the point of the panic attacks and the anxiety attacks and the having to step away for an entire month. Oh yeah, that's really good. Um, wow, that's that's a great question. I think um, we know ourselves better than anyone else. You know, even when we're in denial and trying to say, no, this is this is money coming in the door. I can't turn this away, which is what I would tell myself uh, when I first started. And, you know, like, well, maybe this can lead to something. Maybe this, you know, bad fit client can talk to someone else who's a good fit client, which really doesn't happen that often. Let's be real. People kind of run in their mm-hmm. circles of influence. <laughs> so th- those are the things that were going through my mind when I would take on these bad fit clients, not bad people, just bad fits for me. And so 
um, I would, for me, some some triggers, and maybe this will you will be able to identify this with this as well. Would be um, when you get to the point where like communicating with them like makes you stressed out. <laughs> like if they email you, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> like you almost don't want to click it to read it. Um, when they you know have very simple tasks, very uh, tasks that they're asking of you that are not out of the way. They're not bad things to ask, things that they deserve to have. They're paying you money, but you just don't want to do it. You have a disconnect from the actual work. Um, Highly irritable, just not wanting to touch anything to do with the project, even if you love what you do. Um, When they fought, some of them would follow me on online and I would be so hesitant to follow them back. (laughs) I'm just being real with you guys. These are these are red flags um, because now I'm working with ideal clients within my niche and I love when they follow me. I follow them back when they email me. I have no problem emailing them back. You know, when they want to hop on a quick uh, call, I offer I offer these really, you know, 15 minute check ins. If you have a really important question, you know, I'll send the link first to them now. Back then I would be like, oh, we don't need to talk about it on the phone. You can just email me. So I think the biggest red flags are things where you are avoiding communication directly with them on the phone or indirectly through email. You know, it brings up, um, you know, this irritability in you, this annoyance or just I get really um, hot when I'm when I'm like stressed or anxious or nervous. So I would get like this heat in my ears. I'm like, oh, God, it's them. Um, So if you experience anything like that when it's time to talk to them or when you just want to avoid them, you know, all around, you know, on the Internet, on social media, whatever, that's a big red flag, because if this is someone who, you know, you have something to offer that can help them if you're really aligned well with the project, you won't experience those things. You'll be in tuned with the project in all the ways, right? Physically, uh, mentally, and with the work. Um, Like I said, it made me not question whether or not I wanted to continue to be a designer because I'm like, oh, I I can't help this person because I, I I don't really know how. This is a financial industry. This is the opportunity zone industry, something I didn't even know existed until I took this project. And so it can really weaken your confidence when you're not working within the right niche uh, because you're, you're just not equipped with what they need. Everyone is gifted in so many different ways. When you niche down, I think you connect with the people who needs what you're most gifted with. And so if you experience those red flags, even though you probably need the money, you know, even though, you know, you're thinking this may lead to a dream client down the road. Think about how you're going to feel when you have to talk to them, when you have to constantly communicate with them. My signature service is like 12 weeks long. So I deal with clients for a long time. And so if that's the case for you, think about that beforehand and say, hey, you know, it's not worth it. I'd rather wait and deal with someone who I would love to talk to for 12 weeks straight. I love that. Those are all such specific and really great flags to look out for and things that I wish I had done earlier in my business. Me too. When you finally decided, okay, this isn't working, I need to niche down, and you did the journaling and figuring out where you felt like you really aligned, how did you use that in your branding? Mm, That's good. I, um, you know, What's so funny, because I I preach about authenticity all the time, but I found that I actually wasn't being authentic. I I knew that I came from this beauty fashion industry, and I didn't want people to 
think that I didn't know tech and design. So I got so distracted looking at all these techie designers and I tried to brand myself like that because I'm a brand designer I know how to do it so I just put in the the blue and the yellow and the orange colors because that's how the tech world looks right the big blocky fonts and you know it makes so much sense now because your branding how you put yourself out there visually for the world to you know receive and perceive your brand affects who is attracted to it so this is why I'm attracting the financial people and the, you know, construction worker people, because I look like someone that can help them. You know, we associate things visually first and then we read as human beings. And so even though my words may be saying X, Y, Z, if this is how I look visually, your mind is going to associate that with other industries that look like that. That's why beauty brands usually are very soft and whimsical or very clean. We know that we're looking at skincare. We know we're looking at beauty. So. I think when I, you know, decided to niche and decide that this is what I'm going to do, wellness, beauty, uh, I need to look like that. And so I changed up my logo. I got really authentic. I was like, what do, what do I like? I love floral stuff. I love browns and rich uh, chocolates and creams. And I, I am very clean. I do like a script font. I didn't want anyone to think I was too girly or that I, didn't know, I didn't know what I was going to be doing as a designer. It is such a male-dominated industry as well. Um, that I was I was afraid. So I think a lot of having authentic branding is and niching down, to be honest, is about courage, you know, just saying this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and if you're a person of faith, say I'm going to have faith that this is going to work. Um, so being aware that how the branding visuals, even your your messaging, you know, being aware of all of that, how that's being put out there is going to attract who you want to be working with or who you don't want to be working with. So. Um, the turning point for me was when I relaunched <laughs> after working with my business coach and uh, put out the things that looked and felt like me. And I started attracting so many coaches. I mean, you're a coach. That's probably how you came across me as well. I wanted to work with wellness coaches, wellness experts, beauty brands. And now over 80% of my following are those kind of brands. I just think your your whole brand is just so you at this point. And as you're saying the orange and the blues and the yellows and the, the blocky script. I'm like, that it's not Alexis. At all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but what I was thinking, but you know, we, we do it, we do it out of fear. We do it out of trying to, um, you know, make the statement that we belong here, but really your power comes from being yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love having courage to step into who you authentically are. Do you have any advice for those of us that are like me and are not design-minded, but they want to step into being authentically who they are, and they're not really sure how. Like, I know last week I was doing, in Ashlyn Carter's Copywriting for Creatives course, I was doing brand voice, and I was, I was like, I'm so bad at this. I don't know what to do. So I put out a thing on Instagram. I was like, hey, what do you guys think of when you think of my brand? And I got all this amazing feedback, and I was like, that is, that, that's who I want to be. This is like, it felt aligned, but I have no idea how I did that. So do you like, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But do you have any branding advice for people who are just like, I don't know how to replicate who I am into my brand, I guess is what I'm saying. For me to, to kind of guide anyone in trying to do that, it would be like a twofold 
thing. Gathering inspiration, but in a way that doesn't make you want to like completely duplicate, if that makes sense. And so I think that um, like your brand is a mixture of these visual and these non-visual components, right? So you had the non-visual things like done, like you had it down pat, like you knew how the words to say, you're working on your messaging, but you just don't know how to make it transfer into visuals. And so I think that doing using like the tools that we have, like Pinterest, we can get overly stimulated with content and inspiration there. But if you go there with intention, you can be, you know, more, more powerful. So if your brand words were clean or, you know, if you know, you like minimal, if you take those very specific words over to somewhere like Pinterest or even Instagram and just narrow in on seeing what speaks to you. Um, and, and it really just needs to speak to you. You don't need to think about what you think they want to see or what colors other people are using, but really like connecting with what resonates with you, like you, the person, you know, and letting that kind of influence how you're going to put yourself out there visually. I do uh, strategy work with people. That's the, another component that I would say the second part. Um, and I realized that, and I just actually released this service I, where I'm doing just strategy. We don't have to do your full rebrand before that was the only thing I offered, but now I'm offering um, a clarity session because I think that if you can partner with someone, again, I had to hire a business coach. We don't like to hear it, but it's so true <laughs> that sometimes you do need to partner with someone who knows what they're, they're doing. But, um, in that strategy session, we go over like messaging and also though, I give you direction for your visuals. So sometimes it's as as simple as, you know, partnering with someone who could at least give you direction. I realized right away that my signature service is, you know, a, a bigger high ticket thing that a lot of new businesses can't afford. And I still want to work with them and serve them in some way. So in me offering the guidance for your visuals, I give you the resources where you can do it yourself. The things that, you know, you don't know how to do, how to go to Pinterest and not get distracted, how to use Canva, you know, designer tips pretty much. So I would say go to Pinterest or Instagram, but with intention, not like mindlessly scrolling, like use, come up with about five words that you know really represent who you are, who your brand is, um, And often it's a bit of a reflection of you, your brand's personality. Usually if it's a personal brand or you offer a service, it takes on the personality of you. So if you're quirky, if you're, you know, witty and really smart and very uh, girly or outgoing, whatever five words you want it to be, go to a place of inspiration with just those words in mind and just draw inspiration from there or partner with someone who can, you know, lead you in visuals. That is leads me into a question that I think about all the time and I would love your opinion on. I'm constantly hearing you need your brand to reflect your ideal client back to themselves, but also you want to be authentically you. So where is that line? And is it just if you're being authentically you, your ideal client will be match up with that? Where I Where's that balance? Where's that line? Okay. This is a fun question. This is what I've found to be true. And a lot of my colleagues as well, we, you know, I was in this mastermind with other designers and we all realize that this is so true. Um, your ideal client is almost always who you were three or four years ago. It's like 
sometimes it's not if you offer a very, very specific thing, but more than likely if you're a service-based business, uh, service-based business provider, your ideal client is who you were three to four years ago. So the authenticity comes into place here. If you're thinking about who you authentically were those few years ago and the problems you were having, you think about who you needed to be your guide. And that's how you structure your business and your brand. Like if you could have run into this person three or four years ago, what do they need to have that would have really helped you out? And that's how you put your branding and your content, like really center everything around that, honestly. And they will be attracted because they'll see that you have the answer to what they need. Um, for example, with with me, even preaching authenticity now, I really needed to see a brand designer being authentic three years ago when I first started my studio. That would have helped me avoid all of the financial companies and all the bad things, you know, bad fit clients that I took on. Um, so if you can think about who you were, where you were in life, what you were struggling with, who you needed to be your guide, that's who you want to create content for to help them see themselves in you, the newer version of you. I love that so much. That's great. Okay. So you've given us a lot of action steps throughout all of this. <laughs> so much great information. What would be one action step that you want all of the listeners to go take this week as they're listening to really niche down with their branding? Mm, okay. I would say um, this is a great action step if you're in the in the phase where you're scared to niche down or you don't even realize you need to. I would do this journaling exercise. Uh, so take a sheet of paper and on the left-hand side, list out all of the clients or projects you've taken that have left you feeling anxious, that you didn't have um, a good experience with for whatever reason. You don't have to get as specific. Just go with the projects that if you could, you would either undo them or do them totally different. They brought you like a lot of stress. They were They just didn't leave you feeling good, right? And then on the right-hand side, list out the clients that you dream about working with if you haven't worked with them yet or the like the kind of brands. They don't have to be people's names. Or if you know some people, that's great too. But the, you know, the ideal clients, your most dreamy clients, like if you, if you could work with only this kind of person or if you have been blessed enough to experience a few projects that you really loved, list those two. And so take that list and figure out what the people on the right-hand side have in common, um, the, the dream clients or the great projects that you've had. And it can be anything. It doesn't always have to be a certain industry. It can be, you know, if they all had the same value system or if they all were like moms or if they all were, you know, in a certain location or age group, whatever it is, find some, a couple of similarities amongst this group and let that drive how you're putting your your brand out there in the world. Let that drive your messaging now. And, you know, we're always testing. We're always um, figuring out what works. We're always evolving. So if you say, okay, I want to go with maybe this is all the fitness industry. All these people have that in common. And you put it out there. You take on one or two and you realize mm, that's still not a good fit. Then you can always go back. And do the same assessment again, but just really figure out what these people have in common, um, figure out what aspects of it you really liked about that project and let that drive you in niching down. I love that. And thank you for the permission to not get it right the first time and to experiment and 
just keep going and persevering because I think so often we get perfectionistic and we think, okay, I'm going to do this exercise. And if it doesn't work the first time, it's a garbage exercise and I need to throw it out. But that's not Mm -hmm. the case. We just need to keep going because we are ever evolving in business. I'm sure two years from now, you might have a totally different niche because that's what happens. We grow and we learn more. And like you said, we're teaching to or serving whoever we were three years ago. So Mm -hmm. every few years, you're drastically changing who you are. Okay, everyone. So go do that. Do that exercise. And I want you guys to take a picture of the journal you're writing in, the scratch paper you wrote on, share it on Instagram, and tag Alexis and I so that we know you did it. We're going to hold you accountable. (laughs) Now, I like to end every episode with a book recommendation. And it, it can be business, but it doesn't have to be. It can totally be fiction too. But what is one book that you would recommend everybody? This is so hard. I, you know, I'm, I'm not like you. Like I know you read like a hundred books a year, um, which is like total boss status. I don't even know how that's possible. But I, I read a lot. I do. Um, I'm gonna get there one day. Um, I think one of my favorite books is uh, Rework by Jason. I think it's Jason Fried. It's, it's him and someone else, but Jason Fried is one of the writers. Rework. It's really good. It's a business book. I really only read like business or faith books, but um, it just gives you permission to do business differently than you've seen um, it be done or that you hear all the big gurus talk about. It's like real life stuff, I feel. So if you're in the phase where you're like, oh, everybody's stuff sounds the same or, you know, that probably won't work for me. It's a great book. I read that one when I first started my business. Like I'm talking, it was still a concept and not even launched and I loved it. I should definitely go back and reread it. So thank you for that. Yay. (laughs) All right, Alexis. So I'm going to have all of your social media links and your website link and everything in the show notes so everyone can go stalk you everywhere. But what would you say is the, the main place that you hang out online? Honestly, I am always over on Instagram. <laughs> um, I, I don't have the energy to be everywhere right now, but I love Instagram. It's my jam. I'm a visual artist. You know, it makes sense to me. So hit me up on Instagram. Um, I'm l- literally in the stories almost every day. I'm at Lex Creative Studios over on IG. Perfect. All right, guys, go check her out. And Alexis, thank you so much for being here. This was a really great interview. Yay, yay. I couldn't wait. Like it's been on my little calendar all month and I'm like, yeah. So I I love you. I love following you. You're awesome. So thank you you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you loved most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.